Ron and Anian. Auto repair shops are, they're about piles. There's there's piles of parts. There's piles of cars. There's, there's piles of paperwork. There are piles of tools. You're always dealing with piles. Going down the road at eight miles. The car doctor. Worst case scenario, you got to go out and buy more tools. Maybe go out and buy a little thermal gun or a heat gun. And, you know, just an infrared gun. And how hot's the trans case when it happens? Uh, yeah, you know, buy more tools. Buy more What's tools. What's going to say about that? Yeah, well, it's, listen, but if I can get you to buy more tools, I can get you to be less of a parts changer. Dad would be proud of you. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor at your service at 855-560-9900. Cranked up, fired up, and ready to go. How wonderful is it that you get to do this each and every weekend? I keep saying to myself, Ron, that uh, I keep I keep thinking of Stephen First in Animal House. You know, the oh boy, is this great thing. And um, oh boy, is this great that we get to sit here and talk about cars. And I was also thinking about how I need to, you know, I need to work harder for you guys. I really do. I need to improve the way I think. And it's one of the reasons I don't listen to the show. Believe it or not, I don't listen to myself after the show. I, I get to be too critical. But I've been thinking in the past couple of months that i've got to do this job a little bit better and i apologize if it if if i've been slacking off i just you know i just keep looking for different things to try and talk about you know it's it's like here take this story so true story let me see if i can present this in, in a clearer manner than maybe i have in the past 2010 lincoln mkx came into the shop at our automotive this week and <laughs> the customer's complaint was he had a water leak in the car uh, by the driver's side, on the, on the driver's side footrest over by the gas pedal. And I, you know, we brought it in, signed it up, and, and you know, sure enough, I went out there. It was my turn, you know, came in my rack, and I checked it. Yeah, there's, there's like, it's damp around the carpet. And I'm going, gee, how the heck is the water leak? Like, what's over here? Because this is a leak just about dead center of the car under the dashboard next to the console. And then I remembered. The AC evaporator drain is there. You know, you see water running out of air conditioning units, walking down Main Street, the storefronts, right? You see the AC drain. Cars have that, too. It's, it's, and I said, I, I bet you the drain is clogged. So I, you know, and I'm, a, I'm kind of a big guy, and, and, you know, this is that, it's one of those John Panette nay-nay moments, you know, the fat guy in the, in the tight spot, and you're, you're kind of, and you just sort of shove yourself between the seat, the steering wheel, and the dashboard, and you're stuffed in there. And you peel back the carpet, and you find the drain. Yep, there's the drain hose. I was right. The drain's backed up. So you kind of unstuff yourself, and you back up, and you and you pop out, and you go get a little container. to You know, you're anticipating. I'm thinking the drain's clogged. I take an air gun. I take a long piece of mechanics wire. I kind of fish up there. Nothing happens. Gee, there's got to be water in this thing. Where's the water coming from? So I sort of stuff myself back up, and I'm kind of wedged in between. Really, this is going on, and, and Danny's working on cars in Bay 1 and 2, and he's, he's watching this, and he's going, the old man's cracking up, like, what's going on here, right? You know, it's, it's you know, trying to fit five pounds of bologna in a two-and-a-half-pound sack. I'm really kind of wedging my way in. So I get the drain out. I, I take the air hose now, and I say, I wonder what happens. 
This is an I Love Lucy moment. I wonder what happens if I blow air up this hose. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, you ever go to the supermarket, you buy those containers of coffee? They're like those plastic. Maxwell House makes it. It's like, I think it's 16 or 32 ounces now. I think it was a 32-ounce container of Maxwell House coffee. It was an empty coffee cup container. That's what I had. We just made coffee and thrown it out. I was sitting on top of it. Oh, I'll use this. This will be the water bucket. How much water could come out of an air conditioning unit, right? So I'm wedged under the dashboard. I've got the cup. I've got the, the, the coffee can, the coffee plastic bucket, if you will. And I blow air up the nozzle. And instinctively, as I'm watching water start to dribble out, I kind of pinch the rubber hose shut. Okay. I take the, and I'm working, you know, you know how like you're stuffed in tight. And I'm, I take the plastic pail and I put it under the bucket. I put it under the hose and I open the hose. Oh my God. All right. It filled that plastic container, 32 ounces of water in under 15 seconds. No! And then, right. So I pinched the rubber hose shut. So now I've got a problem. Now I've got my, now I've kind of got my finger you know, on the end of the hose, I can't move the pail or I'm going to spill all this water in the car. And I'm going, Danny, you know, like, I'm okay. I'm not hurt, but I'm stuck and I've got to get rid of something. Danny comes over. It just had to be like a Keystone Cops caper. It would have been a great video. And Danny takes the water, throws it out. He says, how much more you got? I said, I don't know. Gives me back the coffee container. I do the same thing. I, I, put it underneath the hose, I open up the hose. I took two and a half containers of water. 32, 32, 64, and 16. Holy smokes of water out from under the dash of this car. And it came out brown, like, like you know, I, I, have, I, I still don't understand how it became so clogged. Needless to say, I fixed the water leak. So... I got to the second part of the customer's complaint. The air conditioning wasn't working well. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, well, of course it's not working well. It's trying to blow cold air through, you know, eight inches of water across a, a, an evaporator. But no, that wasn't it. Nay, nay. It was the blower motor didn't work. Aha. Uh -huh. Why doesn't the blower motor work? There's a couple of rules about electricity. All right, and one of them has to do with inducing water into an electrical motor. The water level in the evaporator under the dash had gotten so high, it, it up the top of the evaporator case over to the right, and every time he made a, a, a turn in the proper direction, the water sloshed over and filled the blower motor. I took the blower motor out from under the dash and turned it upside down, and another five ounces of water came out of that. So, <laughs> true story, and I hope I'm telling it that you can understand it, because it was it was really not not so much for the customer, but it was kind of hysterical to us. Um, he didn't, you know, the bill was, you know, there was, was $1,100 worth of blower motor, blower resistor, um, uh, you know, time draining the thing, and, 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 and Will got it. He was fine with it. He said, hey, listen, at least I know it's fixed. He said, maybe that explains the sloshing. And I went, sloshing? Yeah, he goes, I thought I was going crazy because he's, he's an older guy. He's in his 80s. He said, I thought I was starting to hear things because I used to be, you know, I used to be a sailor and I, I thought I was starting to hear 
like my mind was playing tricks on me. I'm hearing sloshing as I'm driving around the turns. And, and he said, I thought I was back on the deck of the ship. And I keep thinking, I got to go to the doctor. I'm cracking up. And I said, no, Will, you, you really, <laughs> you might be cracking up anyway. But what you heard was real. You heard the AC evaporator drain. So the point of this is, just when you don't think how much water can an AC evaporator drain hold, there you go. Mr. Ray, you had a comment. Yes, I just wanted to say um, you obviously learned the uh, the truth about electronics. They all work on smoke. When the smoke comes out, they don't work anymore, huh? Well, well yeah, that's it. It was Tom. I was stunned. I I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. What? How much? <laughs> yeah. How much water can come out of a? You know, it's it's true story though. A, an, an absolute true story. That's what happened at the shop this week. And I've probably got a dozen more we can talk about, and uh, we probably will at some point. I also want to do something, and I always say I'm going to do this, and I don't. I'm going to do this this hour. I want to begin a section, and I feel it's my responsibility that if you're taking the time to listen, I've got to explain things better and more. Better and more. More and better? Well. Maybe well would be a better. i got to hold, get a hold of my 8th grade English teacher, Mr. Sterling, ask him. I want to talk about brake pads today, and it's, 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 it's not a sales pitch. It, it absolutely is, and I have no agenda. I'm not trying to sell a product. I was thinking that part of what I don't do is explain the thought process on simple things. You want to go out and put brakes on your car, all right? I need you to think about what sort of choices to make and how to make them. We're going to talk about that this hour. I'm going to pull over, take the pause. We've got a couple of phone calls. We're going to knock those off by quarter of the hour. We're going to talk about making decisions on buying brakes. All right? I'll make you that deal. Stick around. Give me uh, give me another 30 minutes of your day, and I'll give you back some uh, more information about picking brake parts. Picking parts in general, maybe we'll refer to it that way. Let's see how well I can do today. I appreciate your trust. 855-560-9900. Ron and the car doctor, coming back right after this. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter. Getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. Ron and the Car Doctor, back and rolling along at 855-560-9900. Remember, you can get out to our Car Doctor page, cardoctorshow.com, and podcast vis-a-vis cardoctorshow.com. You'll take you over to Spreaker, or maybe you're using DoublePod on your Android device or whatever, many other multiple types of podcast players. If you have the ability, click subscribe. If you're at Spreaker, please click follow, and that uh, helps drive the numbers, and that's what keeps us here as, uh, you know, we uh, try to motor along and keep uh, giving you information. Let's go over to Larry in Baston. Baston? Boston? Baston? So, how's things up north there, Larry? What can I do for you today? Nice and warm today, Ron. Yeah, I bet. Hey, I've got a 2009 Tahoe. Okay. 91,000 miles. The service airbag light just came on. All right. My scan tool, I have a basic one, uh, can't read airbag codes. Okay. Uh, this is the second time it's happened. The first time I went to the dealer, and he replaced the uh, impact sensor. In the front I guess bumper. more than one. Yeah, there's up two. Up under the front bumper. Yeah, oh, there's a left and a right, correct. So I'd like to avoid going, having to go back, and, and I'd like to fix this myself if I could. Okay. Could you recommend a scan tool 
that for a weekend mechanic, you know, that's not going to uh, set me back, you know, more than 150 bucks or so. That allows the that can be updated and do the basics, uh, but read ABS code. Read, uh, excuse me, airbag codes. The 150 dollars is the hard part, Larry. That's that's yeah. the issue. Uh, you know, the, the the price point. And at that point, I would tell you to go look at. I would do this two ways. Um, I would think about the launch line. All right, the launch scan tool line. Uh, the Millennia, Millennium, Millenn- I think the Millennium 90, I don't know where the price point is. I think it's, I, I, I've got to believe it's more than 150 bucks. I think it's in the four to 600 range. And I believe wow. that tool does do airbag reset. All right. Um, or I would go look on eBay and see what shop is selling what older scan tool cheap that might give you more miles and more functionality and more, you know, more ability. The, the, the problem with scan tools you know, you can't look at a scan tool as you want to just fix this particular problem. You know, worrying about right. this this particular problem is like trying to shoot a shotgun and hitting a target a mile away with one singular pellet. Um, you know, it's it's too focused and it's it's just about impossible. You can't do it. So, yeah. it, what it really comes back to is, if you think you're going to fix cars, let's think of this from longevity. You think you're going to fix your own cars or tinker with them for at least another five years? Sure. All right. If you buy. Oh, I don't know. If you buy a $2,000 scan tool, that'll get you through the next five years because you're not, you're not running out tomorrow to buy a 2018 whatever. You're going, to keep your, you know, you're going to keep your 09 Tahoe for a while, and there's probably another six, seven-year-old vehicle in the family for a while, right? So you, you put two grand down, and you go buy a used Snap-on Solus on eBay, for example, all right? Yeah. And, and that tool's updated through 2017, and, and you, know, you spend two grand. You know, five years from now, that or four years from now, the math is easier. That tool cost you five hundred a year, cost you you know fifty, sixty bucks a month. Yeah. You know, you look at it like that. That's pretty cheap, right? And and it's got it's got all the functionality and capability of 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 you know a, a real scan tool per se. And if you ever really feel brave and you want to update the tool, you know you. Find a Snap-on guy at your local mechanic, and whatever the update is, nine hundred, a thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks, and you run the tool another couple of years, provided your fleet is still that same fleet or around that same generation. These small little handheld tools that only do OBD2, they're good, but they're limited. And I typically, you know, everybody usually calls me up and they say, "Hey, I want a tool that does this, 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 and this." You know, it's Listen, there's a lot of things in life I want. Not too many, actually. I'm pretty happy with the way life turned out. But you know what? I'd like to be 18 again, knowing what I know at this age, because I, I, you know, I'd buy more car parts and more cars, but I'd also have a lot more fun along the way. So I, you know, it's 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 just a matter of numbers. You got to figure out how to cr- condense them and crush them and crunch them. And you know, if you look at it from that perspective, then then because what if you what if you buy this tool? And I and I realize I'm rambling, but what if you buy this tool? You fix the airbag and. Two weeks from then, the the uh, the air conditioning has a problem, and you can't get into the HVAC or the BCM, mm. right? Well, if I do if I do the the eBay route, you know, let's say buy a Snap-on tool or something like it on the used market, is there an easy way to check them out such that um, you know, I'm not buying somebody else's problem? Um, That's fair point, fair question. Um, the the right answer is, you know, you're depending upon the eBay guy saying, hey, it worked perfect the last time I shut it off and hooked it up to a car, and then you've got the eBay guarantee. So maybe the better solution is 
that, you know, like, for example, my Snap-on tool dealer here in New Jersey has his own Facebook page. And from time to time, Jay will put up, you know, um, you know deals. He's taking in tools on trade. And, you know, he knows the history of the tool. And maybe I'm paying a couple of bucks more. But, again, looking at the over the course of four or five-year thing, what's the extra two, three, four, five hundred dollars if I'm buying from, you know, it's I like agree. buying a used car. Um, you know, it's like I'm buying it from a known good source versus the guy who's, you know, parking lot with his used cars on it is next to the river. <laughs> and, you know, every time it rains, there's a sign right next door. You know, that's got to be the worst thing in the world, have a used car lot next to a sign that says area floods. Um, yeah. You can't understand why his cars aren't selling. Um, you know, so maybe there's a Facebook, I'm sure up in Boston area where you live, I'm sure there are Snap-on dealers. And I'm sure they've got Facebook pages, and maybe you go talk to one of those guys. You know, right. um, and, 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 you know, listen, Snap-on guys aren't afraid to talk to consumers. They're just trying to sell tools. Uh, you know, they, my Snap-on guy deals with a lot of weekend warriors, as I call them. And, you know, they're just trying to sell tools and, and, and you know, keep the product line moving. So they're, they're okay guys to go talk to. If you have questions, go talk to your Snap-on guy. Okay. I'll All give it a shot. All right, Thanks sir. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Good luck to you. Let me know what happens. Um, yeah, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong there. Um, I do want to talk about breaks, but I'm not going to do it now. But what's on my mind is, just to give you a, a, a tidbit of where I think I'm going with this is, you know, you walk into an auto parts store and you need brakes for your 09 Chevy Tahoe. And, you know, you're trusting the guy behind the counter. Not that you can't trust the guy behind the counter, but... You know, and this is probably more towards the young people in the crowd, if there's any out there today, in the sense that, you know, it's really amazing. And this is what triggered it. I'll tell, I'll tell you the story this way. I'm doing a bad job of telling you this. I'm sorry. I was in the chiropractor this morning, and the young girl sitting next to me called her mechanic and said, I need to come in this afternoon to have you change the lamps for the stoplights. And it just sounded weird the way she said it. And I listened to her try and explain it a couple of times, and... What it is she was trying to talk about is she had a directional bulb out, but she related it for some reason to the brake lights. And, you know, as I talked to her, I said, somebody needs to explain to the kids what cars are. Um, and that's what we've got to do. And then I said, what's the most common thing they need to do? They all need to stop. We've got to talk about brakes. We're going to do that a little bit later on this hour. Right now, we're going to pull over and take a pause. I'm Ron Anady, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Back right after this. Don't go away. Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, welcome back. Ron on the name of the car doctor. 855-560-9900. All points in between. Cardoctorshow.com. Take the podcast. Take the podcast. Take the podcast. Um, do what you can. Let's go over and talk to Paul Elkton, Maryland, 07 Ford F-150. Yes, Paul, how can I help, sir? Hey, how are you doing today, I'm Ron? I'm good. What's cooking? I'm calling because uh, I've got a power steering leak. Okay. Um, and I, I've i tracked it down. Can the line is rusted through. Is is this the big, and long line, the, re the, the return line coming out of the pump that leads down and like goes to the, it goes along the front of the frame rail or the cross member and then comes back and feeds into the gear, it acts like the power steering cooler? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that one. There's a rusty spot on that, and then one of the other ones. Too. Yeah, they always they always so, rust where it makes the right angle bend coming over the top of the cross member. It's kind of weird. Um, it's it's right. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly where it's leaking. Yeah, that's so. yeah. Been there, done that. So yeah, what do you got? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So two things. I'm wondering is. This- Sealing product, like I know you push or are really big on the case seal for coolant leaks. Is there something similar to that that I could put it just to get by until I can uh, get time to, no. to get it fixed? No, or? nothing. Nothing. Okay. I'm, you know, because it's probably leaking at the metal line. If this was a rubber power yeah. steering seal type of a leak, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not a fan of. You know, the, the the reason the reason I like case seal as a coolant leak product is because usually that coolant system repair is so expensive, it outweighs the cost of the value of the car, so the repair becomes prohibitive, all right? Or mm-hmm. it's, it's somebody on limited funds. It's the, it's, it, the one example I had recently was the college student with the car that, you know, it had whatever it was, 100,000 miles on it, no money, and she's trying to get through another four or five months, and it worked very well. As a matter of fact, the car's still going, and I think that's probably 10 months mm-hmm. ago. Um, but power steering... No, and this is a metal line leak. There's nothing that's going to replace that metal, so this becomes a matter of you've got to change the line. Right, yeah, I figured that was the case. I just thought if there was something that I could get away with for a little while longer. Yeah, no, but sir. Then my uh, my next question is, what uh, what would you recommend for brands for the uh, parts at this point? Um, I can tell you this, Motorcraft, the last time we tried to buy a Motorcraft, we, we just did one th- four weeks ago, five weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. Motorcraft, we weren't able to get a Motorcraft piece out of the Motorcraft distributor. We had to go through the Ford dealer. The Ford dealer had it on back order. We ended up getting a piece, a brand from Edelman, E-D-E-L-M-A-N. Edelman, I think is the way it's spelled. Um, worked fine, went right in, had no issues. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it really wasn't a problem. We didn't have any bleed issues. You know, there is, um, was that the car we had? A, actually, I take that back. The one thing we did on that car we have a we have a set of power steering adapters from Mighty Vac, and we screwed it on the reservoir and we sucked we, we pulled vacuum on it and that helped purge air out of the system. You can do it too just by cycling the wheel back and forth a couple of times, and then you know okay. maybe maybe when you park it at night, shut the vehicle off, take the power steering cap off, and you know depending upon uh, maybe you could like tilt the nose up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think on that truck, tilting the nose up would help, and just leave the, leave the power steering cap off. When you come back in the morning, a little burped a couple of air bubbles out, and that's an old trick that that's that's worked for years. But yeah, it's pretty much cut and dry at that point. Um, it's pretty much okay. cut and dry. So um, you're yeah, down. Yeah, co- a you're couple down. other things. I, I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I ahead. was going to say a couple other things. I, I've been watching some uh, YouTube and whatnot, and it looks like there you are. The big problem with those is getting the lines out of where they mount into the into the actual steering rack. Yeah, there's um, a little bit. There's I guess a little bit of corroded in there. And, yeah, there's a little bit of finesse. You know, soaking it with some rust buster, some rust penetrant um, mm-hmm. works really well. I like the stuff. The the what I think is probably some of the best rust penetrant, underrated as it is on the market, is still the liquid wrench blue torch. Is it was it liquid wrench blue torque technology? Black can, yellow cap, uh, you know, we call it magic in the shop. We keep, we keep, Danny and I keep okay. saying to each other, the stuff's so good, we, we're amazed they haven't outlawed it or banned it yet because it just works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, usually the good stuff gets, gets taken away from you. But, you know, okay. it's, it's, it works really well and just soak the lines and just take your time. When you put it together, the end going in the rack, and this is just me being, being, being fussy, Paul, 
I'll use a little mm -hmm. dab of liquid Teflon. I always use a dab of liquid Teflon on all the threads of all my power steering components. And here's, here's the argument for everybody that says, why do you do that? There's a seal sealing it. It's an older vehicle. The threads, you know, they've gotten a little tired. Um, you know, you'll get some seeps. It doesn't hurt. Just a tiny dab, you know, a Q-tip-sized dab of Teflon on the threads where it begins. So as you thread it into the rack or into the pump, it'll automatically coat the threads, and that way you don't get any sweating. You don't get any seepage of any kind. And the other nice thing about uh, Teflon is there's a little bit of Loctite in that formula. I've I found I read mm -hmm. this I read this somewhere years and years ago, and it will help keep that line tight without having to really crank on it too hard, which is the other okay. mistake everybody makes. They 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 try to overcompensate and let the Teflon let the product do the job. Gotcha. All right. And then would you recommend I do the pump while I'm while I'm there too? I mean I got two hundred and fifteen thousand miles out of well. So. You know the, the the argument there is you know what what value of what quality of part can you get? Do you have an O'Reilly Auto Parts mm -hmm. near you in Maryland? Uh, we don't know, but I can look online. Yeah, look online. Go to O'ReillyAuto.com. I know they've got the Mighty Vac adapters. They'll have the lines and talk to them. Say, hey, what brand of power steering pumps do you have? What's working? What's not a problem? All right? And, you know, okay. if, if, if you can get a Motocraft remand, I would do that. If you can get something else from them that they recommend that works, I would do that. You know, the, the issue is going to be if it's got 200-something thousand miles on it, you know, you, you also want to do a power steering flush, get rid of all the old fluid. So it, mm -hmm. it, is, it is, you know, it is nicer to start with a fresh pump with fresh fluid. It can, it can only help and let you drive okay. the truck longer. So, right. The other the other thing with that is I'm getting a, a chirping noise uh, under. It's it's weird. It only does it when when you're in drive or a reverse. And I don't know if it's the power steering pump or what's going on there, but uh, it it's, it's very strange. When, when you say chirping, that, what do you what do you mean chirping? It's like a high frequency that increases with RPM, uh, like a, a squeaking, like a, like a bearing or something. And you, you're thinking it's well. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take the? Why don't we? Let's do this. First of all, let's take the belt off. Start mm -hmm. the start the truck up. Does the noise go away? Okay. All right. And if it does, then we know it's one of the you know four components that are rotating: water pump, power mm -hmm. steering pump, idler pulley, tensioner pulley, five compressor. Uh, you know, we can eliminate it that way. And if it doesn't, then we've okay. got another problem somewhere else, and 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 the sound is traveling and, and distorting our our, our, our auditory. So um, right, that was my question. Is that if you had ever seen the difference in in load cause something that wouldn't normally make it a, a noise in the accessory drive to make a noise? Yeah, I've seen power. I've seen failing power steering pumps, failing alternators, failing AC compressors all cause issues. Load on the belt, load on the system. It will sometimes make the belt track funny. Do you know where a belt makes mm -hmm. the most noise? Before I go, do you know where a belt makes the most noise from? It rubs the sides. No, it rubs the sides, brother. It's usually not the face of the belt unless there's contaminant on it or contaminant on the pulleys. But a belt starts mm -hmm. to run off track, and it starts to rub the sides of the belt, the inside or the outside face of the belt, and that's what makes the most noise, chirping, squeaking, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So always look to see how does the belt line up with the rest of the pulleys. Very, very important. Okay, great. All right. That'll do it for Good you. Good deal. I do appreciate that, and uh, thank you very much for your, for your input, and I listen to you every week.
Thanks, Paul. I appreciate you being there, and uh, I appreciate your uh, I appreciate your your response, sir. Good luck with the truck, and let me know how things work out. You take good care. All right, sounds good. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye bye. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, screaming along. Be back right after this. Don't go away. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter: getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. I didn't want you to think I forgot. Not this segment. Next segment. We're going to hold all calls after I take this next one. And we're going to talk about buying brake parts or buying parts, things, choices you make at the parts counter. And uh, hopefully the young people out there are listening. We're going to start the education process in a little more detail. Let's go over to Mark in Maui. Mark, 01 Subaru. What's going on here, babe? Hey, uh, Ron. Nice to talk to you. You too. Um, I, I, um, I'm having a, I just bought this car a couple months ago has 112,000 miles on it. I've driven it uh, 2,000 miles, and uh, it a couple of times has overheated on me. Uh, it's very intermittent, and I just, um, you know, I just thought I'd give you a call, see if you might be able to help me diagnose any, the problem. Any dash warning lights on, Mark? Any gauges going kaflooey, or just it'll just start to run hot, and that's nothing. it? Yeah, and, nothing. Yeah, nothing. No, no, nothing on the on the dashboard at all. And when we say hot, you're looking, you have a temperature gauge on this car? Yeah, it, um, it just, the, the needle starts rapidly climbing, climbing into the red zone and okay. then I just pull over and turn it off. All right. The next time that happens, well, let's, let's talk about overheat in general for, for knowledge sake. All right. And I, I don't want to bore everybody, you know, with, with, with the minutia, but let's just say you get into an overheat. What are the things we traditionally look at? We think about thermostats, Right? Could a thermostat be blocked? But for an intermittent failure, I have a hard time buying a thermostat as an intermittent fault. Right? Because you're saying this happens once every two weeks? Yeah, it happened uh, last weekend, and then it happened uh, like a couple of weeks prior to that. Right. Okay. And then we could talk about, you know, radiator caps, and that would be another cop-out because, uh, you know, radiator caps, intermittent basis, it fails, it fails. I've never seen one not be, you know, it's good or it's bad. I, I, I just don't see them be intermittent on a regular basis. So, but things to think about with overheats. And then, you know, the other thing I would obviously house the radiator, but somebody would have to explain to me how a radiator could be intermittent. All right. And then last is the cooling fan coming on. When this goes into the overheat, do you hear the cooling fan running? Well, I can tell you that, you know, I was luckily very mindful. As soon as it hit that red zone, I pulled over, turned the car off, and the and the cooling fan came on. Okay. When the car was in the was 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 off. Okay. I mean, yeah. So that eliminates that as a possibility. Then I'll tell you what I believe is wrong with the car. All right. Um, because what's very common on these, uh, the number one failure, the most common failure for this, if, for an intermittent overheat on a Subaru of this generation, are head gaskets. Head gaskets and or cracked heads, issues issues with the block and the head itself. Uh, yeah. So, and I think you kind of knew that. You were just hoping for a better answer. Um, but, you know, it's it's that's really what we see more of. So a mechanic 
if he wanted to catch it in the act, he could do something called a combustion gas leak check, which in English is get the car running hot, get the thermostat to open, and he can add, he can use a little, It's it sort of looks like a turkey baster. It's a squeegee sucker type of device that will draw coolant fumes up through the liquid and the device, and it'll change from blue to green or green to yellow. Um, it's it's looking for, you know, trace of combustion ch- uh, chamber gas in the in, in the cooling system. Kind of a kind of a pricey, extensive. You know, it's it's a couple hundred bucks, I'm sure, by the time they're done. But here, let me give you this quick tip. But understand the ramifications. The next time it overheats, shut the car off, pop the hood. Be careful. Everything's going to be screaming hot, right? Right. See if you can get to the lower radiator hose. If the lower radiator hose is cold, and the upper radiator hose is hot, it, the, the only logical thing is there's an air bubble behind the thermostat. And that air bubble, that air pocket came out as a result of the head gasket, and it's keeping the thermostat from opening because this particular car, it's got to be hot on the back side of the stat to make it open to allow the circulation process to happen. All right? Mm. Just, just please be careful. It's a hot car. You're popping a hood. You know, you're standing too close to the shark. I just don't want to see you get bit. Try that. See what... See what that does for you. Try that, and then call me back next week. 855-560-9900. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Amy in the car, doctor. I want to talk to you about picking parts, all right? Young or old, whoever you are, whatever you are, if you're out there trying to work on your car on the weekend, save a couple of bucks, I get it. And there's a lot of choices. You walk into an auto parts store, whether it's an O'Reilly Auto Parts or somewhere else, there's a lot of choices when it comes to brakes. And I think the takeaway here is the thing you have to think about, because there's so many choices on price, right? There's that $10 set of white box pads. There's that $60 set of Wagner boxed brake pads. There's that $30 set in between of the house brand. What's the deal? How do you decide? I have yet to see a brake friction material, brake pads, manufacturer that doesn't have more than one grade or level of brake. There's usually a premium, a middle of the road, and, you know, the cheapie. Even Wagner. Wagner's got discount line of brake material out there. The majority of brakes in this country are, are made in China. Ten factories pumping this stuff out, built to specs. You know, they're just taking orders. It's, it's let's 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 make this do this. Let's make that do that. I want it to look like this. I want it to look like that. It's 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 all about dollars, and you know, it's it's all different levels and grades. The cheaper brake pads, you're more likely to have noise issues, and although they've gotten better in recent times, but there's also um, there's also a wear factor. You will find that the the cheaper brake pad wears quicker obviously the name brand premium versus the house premium i think it's a question of bucks all right i'd rather see somebody put a premium grade uh house brand on versus a cheapie any day of the week in terms of cost the other thing i want to point out is you've got to think about rotors all right the brake rotor is probably a bigger issue than the pad Using a $10 brake rotor versus a $40 brake rotor, the metallurgy differences and the structure and the strength of that rotor to prevent it from warping are, are really a lot to consider. And then last, 
you have to think about how well you're doing that job. Are you washing the rotors? Are you lubing the slides? You need to have a little bit of knowledge on how to do it so that you do it right. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.